Welcome to Games We Grew Up With, a podcast that relies on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we'll talk about one of the video games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses and reminisce about it, then replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we'll be putting to get back our stolen stars and talking about Kirby's Dream Course for the Super Nintendo. I'm Chris. And I'm Katie. We've got our Kirby balls ready to go, so let's kick it off in a golf game. Why did I pick that one? Let's Good tee enough. it off. Yeah, tee- that makes a lot more sense. Tee it off? <laughs> I know golf. Yes. Yes, that is actually a golf term. <laughs> we stopped caring about being professional about 20 episodes ago. When were we ever professional? Fair enough. <laughs> so, we are on episode 49. Yay! Yay! I hope everyone got a chance to listen to our special episode that came out for the three-year anniversary, our random non-rose about Vegas dreams. We had a lot of fun with that one. And why did we record that specifically? Because we were busy, because we were all on the West Coast, because host Katie and producer Kyle are married now! Yay! spouse Katie and spouse Kyle. <laughs> So congratulations, you guys. Thank you. So happy for you. Again, if you follow us on social media, you might have seen some clips. We had rock band at our wedding reception. So Literally a picture of you in your wedding dress playing rock band. And Kyle drumming. And and Kyle drumming. Kyle's there too. Yeah. (laughs) And I was Kyle. (laughs) I was about to say, and he's Kyle. And there will be some clips. We have some more clips that'll come out from that. We have a full full podcast clip coming out for that. So look forward to those clips. <laughs> but yeah, so we were out for on the West Coast, obviously, for our wedding. So it was a lot of fun. Again, we always appreciate when people are flexible with us when our episodes come out a little later. We have some interesting ones. But also, you got to hear about one of the oldest games Chris and I ever played together. So I hope you yes. enjoyed. It was yes. a weird one. Once, once we found the actual game. And to understand that joke, listen to the episode Vegas Dreams. Yes. All that being said, now that uh, we have our explanations, again, check out the episode. Check, follow us on social media, GWGW Show, on all of the socials. We are not good at updating all of the socials. We're better at Facebook and Instagram, so those are probably the best places to follow us. Well, who uses X anymore? I was going to say, we are not up to date on Twitter, because I'm not going to call it X, <laughs> or on threads, but we're working on it. Yes. But yeah, check us out there, and you'll see some fun clips. We've also released a couple other fun reels of, from the last episode that you can check out there and watch me lose my mind. And we've got a bunch of stuff on the YouTube channel over the last couple weeks. Yeah, reposting old stuff. And more will be coming. Uh, We have a couple more scheduled. I'll have some newer stuff coming out soon, too. So look at me trying to be productive. (laughs) It's not like like you've been busy. I will reveal what video it is at the end of the episode, but we'll have actually a big, long video coming out on the YouTube uh, channel pretty soon, actually. So that'll be exciting. This is good because I don't know what that is either. So I'm looking (laughs) forward to this reveal. With that all being said, I think it's time for our video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! (laughs) So, Chris, tell me about what this episode's video game trope of the day is. This episode's trope of the day is the parasol parachute. Say that ten times fast. I know, right? This is, you've all seen it. It's when a character uses an umbrella to float down to the ground to slow their descent or whatever. Instead of a parachute. You you know, 
instead of a parachute, yeah, you also see people using, you know, bags or other stuff. But the same idea is mostly a parasol, but using an atypical device to slow down a some sort of descent. Yeah, you'll see the people using sheets or blankets is another common one. But we're really focusing on the umbrella parasol for this episode. Because, of course, in our game of the episode, well, more of our character of the episode, Kirby uses it in all of his games, really. It's quite common for Kirby to absorb one of his enemies, and they have umbrella powers, apparently, and then he uses them to float down. <laughs> Which is funny, because, you know, Kirby can fly. I, it's, yeah, I <laughs> thought that, too. And don't question Kirby. He's a pink yeah, ball that can absorb powers. I was going to say, nothing about <laughs> Kirby makes sense anyways, so. I will not get deep into the Kirby lore. <laughs> You see it in Lemmings. That was a thing that they could pick up, which is yeah. which is probably maybe another game that we should play because I when I saw that, that on the yeah. list, I was like, we should add that to our to do games. Which yeah, I think it's kind yeah. of there because we played a lot of Lemmings as kids. We did. So you could get the parachute for them, so they don't just fall off a cliff and die. Yeah, which Lemmings in real life don't do, but Lemmings in the game absolutely. Oh, that could be a different story for <laughs> for that episode. We do that game, yes. Uh, the penguin in Lego Batman has a parasol that can help him glide down, yeah. which I guess he had a parasol in the movie, I, and I guess in the comics. It's a common, obviously, weapon for the penguin, but I, as far as I could find, Lego Batman was the only game where he gets to use it as a parasol, like to, to slowly go. slow down. Otherwise, because it's, it's Lego games, so they have a little bit more fun. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if he ever did it in the comics. I, yeah. I'm not a not a DC comic comics person. For a game that I don't think Chris or I play at all, Fortnite. Fortnite? Oh, my Fortnite? God. Fortnite? No, for, uh, Fortnite. Okay, boomer. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, Umbrella is a cosmetic award glider replacement that's like really common. Every single season, your first win of the season, you get the Umbrella. So it's like a thing in a lot of... I've seen the advertising with it. I just didn't know what it meant until I was looking it up. So there you go. Yep. It's a modern game that uses it, is my point. (laughs) But back to older games. Yes. In Mario Party 3, there's a mini game called Parasol Plummet, where you have to avoid hammers and other stuff while descending with a parasol while you catch the coins and stuff, because that's how those games work. Yep. And of course, in the Mario world, you can't not talk about Princess Peach. It's quite common for her, just like Kirby, that she will have an umbrella to slow her fall. It's just what she does. I mean, there's the scene in Mario RPG where she jumps out the window and uses the parasol to float down. Yep. And she uses it as a weapon later in the game. Yes. But, I mean, she doesn't fall with it, but that's literally the first time, like, right right as she joins your party. That's when she joins your party, yeah. Yeah. So, and and that's in in, um, Smash Brothers, I believe she uses it that way as well. So it's quite common for Peach to have her umbrella to slow her fall. In pop culture references, because there's actually pop culture references of this, which is kind of hilarious. I mean, it's such a common trope that Mythbusters tested it, which is hilarious to me. (laughs) Shocking nobody. It doesn't actually work. (laughs) But they basically are like, yeah, I guess it kind of slows you down, but it's more that you'll fall feet first instead of head first. So maybe you're more likely to survive, but you're still going to be hurt real bad. Yeah. yeah. Real bad. <laughs> uh, it happened with John Darling in the song You Could Fly in Peter Pan, which I have a, a special affinity to because I played one John Darling 
in you did. Peter Pan. In Peter in high school. In high school. I did not get to use a parasol, but I did get to fly. sort of fly. Yeah, you got yeah, to fly. I did. In a reference back to my childhood specifically, Sailor Moon has a couple of scenes where she uses an umbrella to float down. In a very ridiculous way, she actually also carries tuxedo mask down with her, which is even more ridiculous. <laughs> and they try to justify it. They're like, it's magical. It's fine. Like, no, no, no. We're not going to let you get away with that. That's not the name that your notes used. Because I know. I was going to call you. Tuxedo Common. I was going to call you a massive weeb for using Tuxedo Common in the notes. It's his traditional name, but not what I called him as a kid. It was Mask. Tuxedo mask. Well, no, because I'm assuming the Tuxedo Common was in the manga. and Yeah, of course. And yeah. Well, the later... Never mind. We're not going to get into the details. I have a nope. lot of Sailor Moon lore in my brain. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> in, I think it was Jackass the movie. One of the Jackass movies, they did a stunt where they had a jet engine going off and they had a dude jump off of a trampoline into the jet exhaust with, with an umbrella to see what would happen. Not much. He just got blasted backwards and apparently shattered his collarbone. Yeah. Yeah. He got wrecked. <laughs> that, that, uh, Jackass in general, I think, is the definition of intrusive thoughts. <laughs> I was going to say it's like Mythbusters, but stupider. Oh, well, and that more too. reckless. There's no science in their part. They just no. do it. No, I think intrusive, intrusive thoughts is a good way of putting it. Of like, because everyone's thought, what if I stood behind a jet engine? I know I've thought it. Of course you have. You just don't actually do it. Anyway. So there are a lot of examples. I know there are definitely more video game examples and pop culture examples out there, but it's, it's a very common trope, actually. So that's why Parasol Parachute is today's video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! Wee! I'm just thinking like bloop bloop. I don't know why, but that's where my brain went. <laughs> I, I don't that an know umbrella why. sound? No. <laughs> just where my brain went. So it's time to talk about the game of the episode. Katie, what can you tell me about Kirby's Dream Course? Kirby's Dream Course was developed by HAL Laboratory. Hey, look at that. Hey, <laughs> continuity. We, we got it back again. Looking back at our Vegas Dreams episode. <laughs> which was also developed by HAL Laboratories. Um, it was released in 1994 um, and was called just Kirby Ball in Japan. was not called Kirby's Dream Course at the first time. Which Kirby is Ball why was, we made that weird reference in the start of the episode. It is. Also because I giggled writing it. <laughs> yeah, yes, I figured. I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> It did come out actually in 1995 in North America, and that's when the Dream Course name appeared. Uh, but also in some media, it's referred to as Kirby's Tea Shot. Don't know who calls it that, but I saw magazines that called it that. So I wonder if that was an early name for the U.S. release. Couldn't find those details, but they're all the same game. <laughs> well, I'm assuming it's because it was originally designed uh, as a standalone title called Special Tea Shot. In 92, which had its own art assets and characters and yeah, stuff like that. It was not a Kirby IP at the time. Yeah. So maybe that's just people being super hipster about it. It's interesting. Like, the reason we know that Hal was designing the standalone title is there's actually, like, previews in magazines and, like, pieces written about 
the game and on the console itself, there was like, hey, here's this upcoming game. And then basically HAL Laboratories was also working on some Kirby games for the Game Boy and they did so well that they're like, well, let's just attach the Kirby IP to this golf game we have. I mean, it makes sense. Like, that's how, that's how, like, Halo Wars, the RTS was a Halo game. Yeah. Like, they, they had worked out this game that was great, and Microsoft came in, and this was Microsoft, not the own studio, it was like, how about you just make it a Halo version? They're like, uh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, slap some new art assets on there and change some of the functionality, and there we go. Yeah, they added not just the assets, but they added some the power-up system from Kirby that was incorporated at that point. So they did try to make it more actually Kirby than just skins, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the power-ups were added to fit the Kirby universe and make the mechanics a little bit more Kirby than they had been. So that, they did try to make it a little Kirby, even though it is a golf game randomly and it makes no sense in the universe. <laughs> I mean, it's Kirby. Like, Kirby is a weird weird game so i'm True. sure they like i'm sure they just had this thing sitting around they're like what if we just made it a kirby like yeah. as, as why you said, not like yeah just this can't be that hard slap <laughs> it together add some functionality tons of money way well yay some fun facts about it kibi is the yellow second player character because you can play this game with two people is a repurposed version of kirby's initial color so the initial color of kirby was going to be yellow and when they were making like in the original kirby games and they didn't think the color stood out enough against the backgrounds which is why they switched it to pink and so that's why they decided to make the second player in this game yellow as kind of a throwback to that original kirby color which i think is kind of fun and his name kibi is a portmanteau of kiro yellow and kabi kirby so the two japanese names so they kind of put them together and that's how we get kibi that's fun also in 95 nintendo and hal began working on a sequel named kirby ball 64 or kirby bowl 64 because that makes sense for the <laughs> uh upcoming nintendo 64 shocking uh, they everyone. showed it off i i know <laughs> they showed it off as a playable demo at uh, nintendo's annual trade show alongside super mario 64 Unfortunately, the sequel was never released, but they did take a bunch of the concepts and put them into Kirby Air Ride, which came out for the GameCube, GameCube, quite a bit later, Yeah. 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 They did see potential in the game and almost immediately started working on that sequel because while the ratings weren't fabulous, they were... They were solid. It has a 77% on game ranking. So, you know, for a non-typical game in a series, you can't expect a lot, to be fair. So I feel like 77 is decent enough. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, that's the passing grade. So, <laughs> technically. And, they, you know, mixed reviews come with a score like that. So, like, a writer for Next Generation found the mini-golf-inspired gameplay unique compared to other games, as did Electronic Gaming Monthly. But they also were like, it's hard to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's interesting is, as with a lot of the games that we cover, just in general on this podcast, because of the nature of the podcast and kind of the theme of the podcast, when we look back mm-hmm. retrospectively, the game is seen a lot more favorably than it had been. It, just people looking back and I think fond memories and they're looking at what they had done at the time. It was a lot more impressive. So it's landed on a lot of those top SNES games of all time pretty easily and pretty regularly. 
But did they go back and play it before <laughs> they put it there? Probably not. And it, <laughs> it's not as popular a game in playing when you look at the speed runs as well. For normal courses in any medals, which is the most popular mm. category, meaning the category that has more than two people in it. <laughs> You can beat the course in 33 minutes and 20 seconds. That was set three years ago by Rob Dog, And that's hmm. pretty much it. I mean, there's a couple of people who've run it within the last six months, but it's just, it's not a popular game to run. And it's just, I think it's just a little bit systematic. And so nobody kind of really bothers with it. And so it's yeah. one of those games that I, I think could, it lives that. fondly in people's memories, but doesn't hmm. stand out. Yeah. I mean, you say that and it was on... The SNES Classic, which is how we were able to play it. Right, and I think that's because it's, people have looked back and been like, yes, it was a great game. But yeah. before before we get into all of that, let's go back into our memories of the game. So let's play that Chiacarina of Time, go back to the past before we had a chance to play the game, and uh, go over our rose-tinted thoughts of Kirby Dream Course. <laughs> so the, the oops is we didn't do this um we, we this is the second time i've personally done this but at least both of us messed this up this time we did we both were convinced we had recorded a rose segment of this game we have not we never did we made the we executive decision to not to after we had both played the game. <laughs> so we're still going to do a little bit of a rose segment here. It's just going to be a little bit different than our typical roses. Yeah. Because I still want to go into how we played the game. When did we first encounter it? And what our thoughts were? Because that yeah. doesn't change. No, of course. So, so Chris, uh, what are your memories of this game? And and we alluded to this in the last official episode for Bonk. This was another Malaysia game. This mm -hmm. was another game that was on the the Singapore Airlines console. So, uh, these are the literally the two that I remember playing was Super Bonk and Kirby's Dream Course. Yeah, I have no idea if there were other games because I don't think I played any of the other ones either. I yeah, I don't know. There might have been, but these are these are the two that I remember. So mm -hmm. again, when you're on a plane for twenty plus hours, it's gonna it's gonna make an impression on you. Absolutely. I do want to say I came back to this uh, in probably college. And, yeah, I was gonna say I definitely came back to it in college as well. Yeah. it was one of those games when you're playing it a little bit when we're a bit older and everything that you just pull up when you just want something to do. It was definitely a yeah. I never sought it out to be like I desperately want to play Kirby Dream Course. Like, it was like when you're already playing the system, when you're already, like, just messing around on, like, an emulator or something, you see that game pop up, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll play a little Kirby. Like, that that's how I feel and like I, I approached it. Yeah, it was not that, like, either of us were interested in golf when we were kids. But no, it was not still at all. Fun. I say that, and do you remember Grandma and Pop-Pop had the little handheld golf game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I guess we were sort of interested in golf because we played that a bunch. So I think we just played it because it was available. It was there. <laughs> Same with how it was on the airplane. You played it because it was yeah. available. But I just I, I remember it just being so much stuff. Like there was so much. They like I remember all of the transformations. Like the the tire yeah. stood out to me, and the the parasol you know stuck out in my brain. It's I remember not in an unsurprising way not understanding how a lot of the physics 
of golf works essentially like we'll get into yeah. the mechanics later but i don't remember ever adjusting where i hit the curvy ball or besides hard or soft like that's all i knew to do yeah. i didn't understand beyond that i didn't know the have any idea on the idea of top spin or backspin or anything like that and so I remember being like, why do they make me do this in two steps? Why don't I just, like, why does it take two clicks? Because I didn't have any concept of what that first part was. And unsurprisingly, because I never did any of the, like, tutorials. Of course I didn't. <laughs> so of course I, I had no I, idea. I, I don't know if I did. I Yeah, it was one of those you just started playing and... Yeah. And just figured it out as you went along. Who it's needs tutorials? Not like tutorials? again. There was we didn't have a manual or anything. Definitely not at that time. It's yeah. It's just on the back of a seat on an airplane. Yep. So because I don't think the neighbor had this game. I don't think that the babysitter did either. Yeah, I like Super Bonk. Just kind of played this game in a vacuum. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, it's just a, we we played it because it was available. It's stuck in our memories because of the long time and. It was available. So it's just kind of a funny a funny little thing that stuck out in our brains. We're going to keep this segment short because of the fact we didn't do it right. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. So we can't do a predicted score because we've already played it. So instead, Chris, we still are going to do, what's your rose-tinted score of Kirby Dream Course? I would say my rose score is an eight because I remember having fun with it. Like, And I mean, I'm sure I only played like the first course or so because- right. There was no save system on there, but it kept me entertained, much like Superbunk got me through that plane flight, or at least helped. Yeah. So what what about you? What is your what is your rose score? Yeah, I have to agree. A seven and a half for me, as always, I don't think I understood it, so I didn't enjoy as much. But mm. I, I did want to keep going back to it while on the plane. And again, I, I know I went back to it in college and was like, oh, yeah, I vaguely remember playing this game. Let's try it again. And so I have fond enough memories of it that, you know, I enjoyed it. I just don't think it stood out very much in my brain. It was just there. That's fair. On that note, let's stay in the present and actually talk about this game proper. What can you tell me about the plot of Kirby's Dream Course? Because there was a plot. Yeah, there was a plot. For the first time in a while, there actually is a plot. It was only in the manual again, mm -hmm. but that's only because we had the North American version. The Japanese version, there was actually an opening video montage, apparently, that, you know, didn't no. explain everything but actually had something to it, so there mm -hmm. you go. The summary is Kirby needs your help in rescuing Dreamland stars from King DDD. You gotta help Kirby f defeat his enemies and score points. That That's it. It's get the stars back from King DDD. I believe it's pronounced DDD. Stop it. <laughs> Look, there's there's an accent on there. Is King there? DDD. I don't know. <laughs> But if you look at the manual, it's this nice little, like, they set it up as, like, a, 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 story? a children's book. Like, it's, like, watercolor paintings. and It's really nice. But, yeah, so there is actually a plot. The manual does a lovely job of making up that plot because it's not relevant to the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let, let's get into the mechanics of actually playing this game. It's a pretty, I say, standard golf game. Mm -hmm. At its core, which is, you know, I would say interesting, but like it's Super Nintendo. So like how many golf games existed before that, right? Yeah, no, so that's true. it does a lot in terms of mechanics for golf. Like, and it's funny when you said Kirby ball earlier and that's what they called it, but you're literally just hitting Kirby. He is your like, ball. He is your ball. <laughs> 
So, the, I mean, the, the goal is to get Kirby into the hole. Mm-hmm. And it's slightly different because there's no set hole on the course. There's a bunch of enemies and you have to hit all of the enemies. And once you hit the second to last enemy, the last enemy turns into the hole. And that's where you got to get Kirby. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a an interesting, neat little twist on that idea. Yeah, I, I find that really fascinating that like you can beat each level in different ways in theory. Yeah, in theory. There's a lot of possibilities for like a hole in one or a really, really good score because yeah. there's different strategies to every hole. So you can wildly get it right or wildly get it wrong. Yeah. And you can only get it wrong so many times because yes. you've got a certain number, your lives sort of... Well, I guess it's not lives. You have lives you and tomatoes. Lives and tomatoes, yeah. So <laughs> uh, at, at any given course, which is nine holes, you eight start holes. out with... Huh? It's eight. Is it eight? Yeah. Well, that's dumb. I didn't even remember that. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe eight. you. There are eight courses and then a King DDD. Yeah. Yeah. A King D. I always have to count how many D's there are. A King DDD area, so I guess nine little areas in total. But he's only like a single course or level for him. So there's eight courses and King DDD, but each course has eight holes. Right. I don't know why it's not nine. It's not that golfy, I guess. <laughs> so I yes. totally. I just completely assumed it was nine. I <laughs> didn't even remember. Good. Good. Go me. So you have to complete the course by eliminating all of the enemies on the course. The final enemy becomes the hole that you end the course in. You only have a certain amount of tomatoes at the beginning of each course. And you have a certain amount. I think you start with like three lives. So when you run out of tomatoes, yeah. you run out of a life. You can earn more tomatoes by making good shots, by f- by defeating each enemy. I think you get a tomato. Yeah, you get a tomato when you defeat an enemy. So yeah. in theory, you could get multiple tomatoes in one shot. Yeah. And I think you get an extra tomato if you get a hole in one. Yeah. And the key with the tomatoes are they are your number of, they're par, basically. They're the number of putts you have. Yes. But, but it goes beyond one hole. It's your total right. number of putts for the whole course, but you can keep replenishing them as long as you're efficient and effective with how you're hitting the Kirby ball. Yes. <laughs> If you hit an enemy on every shot, you will stay at the same number of tomatoes. Yes. And I think and, there's a couple of other hidden tomatoes places, but still, in general, that is the strategy. Yeah. And then they also keep track of the number of shots that you've taken on a yeah. given hole. So, But that's less relevant because you can get by with terrible numbers as long as you don't die. Well, yeah, but that's just, you know, you're scoring. So You could also lose a tomato if you, like, run into spikes, run into the lightning cloud with a crack. Or the like spiky ball thing. So yeah, there are traps. Hazard. You could also, yeah, you could also lose a tomato that way. So yes. you can like lose additional tomatoes other than not, you know, just through your shot. Those are kind of the basics. Yeah, there's traps on the course that you can get hurt and lose tomatoes on, or can slow you down, or can send you the wrong way or off the course. There's like treadmills. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in these courses. And that is all explained in the manual. That is not explained in the demo mode. 
Ah. Because there is a demo mode. I called it in my notes a tutorial, but I looked at it and it's, it's not. It's not, because you don't get to do mode. anything yourself. No, that's that's the thing. They show you how to use all the different power-ups and all the different shot types, but they don't let you try it out. So it's, is- it is more of a demo than... But it's nice that it's there so you can see all that stuff ahead of time. Yeah. I, I think I spent... I, I, I joked on stream. I was like, here, we're going to spend 20 minutes of the stream of watching the demos. Yeah. Because it's it goes through every single... There's like 20 of them, 16 of them. There's a lot. There's a lot. You'll be shocked to hear I didn't want to do that, and so I didn't. <laughs> And, and you'll be shocked that I did. <laughs> <laughs> the only other big mechanic that we didn't really explore as much ourselves is with the multiplayer mode. It is kind of a competition between the two players. You compete for the most stars, so you get a star by eliminating an enemy. But if your competition turned the star pink for Kirby and you're yellow, mm-hmm. if you hit that pink star, you can turn it yellow and steal it. Yeah, it's there's a lot of depth to the the two player mode, which it's, again we didn't explore at all. Yeah, it's it's its own mode. It's not just a two people doing the exact same course. There are different dynamics to it that you have to take into account in order to play the game, yeah. which is I think great. I think it's great that they had a very dynamic two player mode. Yeah, and there's just a lot of depth in this game in yeah. general. Like we talked about it, like there's top spin there's backspin you could curve the ball you could chip the ball because normally you just hit it on the ground yeah and can you know go over ramps and stuff but you can also you know what do they call it hit in it. the game uh, a fly shot there we go ah. so it's that's instead of hitting on the ground you could chip it into the air and then you know that's a big difference when it comes to top spin that's where top spin and backspin matter a lot more yes and because some enemies are in the air, so you yes. need to do this. Which is sort of the strategy sometimes, where it's like, if there's an enemy that's in the air, but he's the last enemy, the hole drops onto the ground, so you don't have yeah. to worry about going into the air. I like, found that out later. <laughs> I think they that was in one of the demos. I'm sure it was. <laughs> I think I did one demo and was like, wait, I don't get to do this? Why am I doing this then? This and is boring. Stopped. Absolutely. <laughs> So let's get into actually how we felt playing the game. Again, as always, you can hear kind of our thoughts tinged throughout our explanation thus far. But how did you feel with the gameplay and actually playing the game? It was, again, more complicated and complex than I think either of us initially remembered or anticipated when going into this game. But it also was frustrating because of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, the Rose Tinted is we probably only played the first course. Either it limited there or we just got bored or never came back to it. Or I'm guessing I that. wasn't good enough to get beyond the first course. To be <laughs> As many of the games we played at that age, we probably we were very familiar with the first levels. And that's it. <laughs> about it i liked the mechanics they were great the difficulty curve was insane there were some hard hard courses so as we said there was eight plus the final i got into the fourth course i got to absolutely it got hard really fast it's one of those i'm sure if i started save scumming and cheating that way or practicing yeah i I tried not to do that yeah i didn't want to exactly i didn't want to do that it's one of those things where it's like as you said there's there's different ways to solve it but really once you get into like the third course there's one way to do it yeah it gets to the point where so we talked about the power-ups the power-ups are there's certain enemies that if you hit will give you a power-up and you could like chain stuff together so let 
let's say you hit the parasol and which lets you float down and then you could land on top of the wheel which makes you go super fast and can skip across the water mm-hmm. uh, like so you could like chain those together but at the same time like if you there were certain ones if you did it in the wrong order like the power up that you would need in the next hole turned into the hole or you accidentally overrode it with a different yeah. Power-up ability. So you could essentially mess yourself up for future holes if you weren't careful in the previous ones, Yeah, which is and crazy. A lot of the courses are open, which is fun, but it also means it's really easy to launch yourself off the edge and die. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I did a lot of times. There was special abilities to help you stop that, right? There was mm-hmm. like the stone would like uh, drop yeah, you the, down or the, the brick s- stone, the s- yeah. The spike would, yeah, the stone, very curvy thing where you just turn into a rock and, you know, slow down. But if you were on a slope, you would still, the slide. number of times I died, you would just slide off the slope slowly and you're just like, no, 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 no. Oh. Yeah, I definitely had those, no, stay, stay there. Kirby, Kirby, stop moving, stop moving. No. But there was this spike that would stick you in place. Mm, I don't think I ever got to the spike enemy. Yeah. Or if I did, I didn't know to use it, to be fair. (laughs) Yeah, it got tough quickly. It did. There was the, if you could hit the A button, that would help you bounce. Do you remember that? Yeah, I never got the... I never really got the hang of it. Hang of it, yeah. I would try it, and sometimes it helped, I think, or it didn't, and I couldn't tell. So, you know. If you time it correctly, it'll help. I didn't realize until I read the manual about 30 minutes ago (laughs) that if you hold down the A button, you could actually roll farther. It's just like, what? (laughs) Okay, sure. Yeah. I, I remember having a hard time getting a handle on the, the power system on yes. how hard you hit the ball, which is, you know, obviously important for a golf game. Like the number of times I would roll over because it's really easy to roll over the hole and just kind of bounce. Yep. Like <laughs> I rimmed out quite a bit. Uh, and, yeah, and I did, too. Cur- curse words were involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the stuff like the spins. The spins and the top spin and stuff, it yeah. would show you a little path, but that's only if you were at full power. Yeah. So if you were not at full power, you wouldn't necessarily follow that path. And But if you were at full power, it would be too much. Yeah. I also didn't realize, because I was used to us playing Mario Golf quite a bit, that if I didn't hit the button on the power scale, I thought it would just reset. Like, I missed the very top. So I was like, I'll just wait till it comes around again. Oh, Incorrect. Yeah. You get zero power and Kirby goes like, poop, and you lose a freaking tomato. It's the worst. <laughs> and he does the thing whenever you miss a shot where he just kind of like sighs. He just goes, boo. Yeah, he just makes and sad like, Kirby noises. Yeah. And then like if you're almost, if you're down to like your last tomato, he does it like a bunch of times. Yeah. He gets so very upset like with you. So that's like a slap in the face. It's just like, ooh, ooh, Yeah, ooh. way to it's suck. Like, oh, leave me alone. Kirb- Kirby's judgment is mean. <laughs> oh, so it's, it's, it was yeah. a very basic game fun to play but yeah the difficulty curve got was steep it was steep yeah i'm sure if i spent more time on it i could have gotten a handle but it's just one of those it's one of those games that you have to step away from for a little bit yeah. once you get to that because you're just gonna get mad at it right like well, it, it's one of those is it worth the extra time investment to get better at it and the <laughs> If and you so like we'll the game. In, so, yeah, so you struggle with that. Well, we'll get that. It, we'll get to that in our scores. But, you know, one element we always have to talk about because we're us is the music. 
And the music was fun, just like any all the it's other Kirby. Kirby games. It's Kirby. You expect a good soundtrack. Yeah, like it's that like happy. Yeah, it's almost weird with Kirby games that you it would stand out more if it was bad music because you're just right. you've come to expect Kirby to have the happy poppy like Kirby music. Well, and it's after you get the hole, it's got like the the celebration. Oh yeah, where, like he's dancing back and forth like the da 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 da. Yeah, which is a terrible rendition of that, but we'll go grab the go grab the recorder if we really want because that no. works so well. <laughs> I'll say it for producer but, Lisa. No, <laughs> no, the music was fun. Like it, it's it's a very very Kirby game. It is somehow I I ended up watching a video at like half speed when I was watching Twitch, okay. and I will say the Kirby music at half speed is super super weird and creepy i mean because it's not meant to be at half speed i know <laughs> that's on I just, you that was, for mis- abusing kirby that was one of my notes and i was just like oh yeah that was weird <laughs> but yeah the music is solid but overall i think i think it's a kind of a good explanation it's a simple game which is why again it can be on something like an airplane and it was on the snes because yeah. it was simple it wasn't complicated but it was more it wasn't complicated but it was more complex than i anticipated it's the age old adage easy to learn hard to master yeah yeah like I think so I'm, many of those old games i think yeah exactly like so many of the games and there was a yeah. save mechanic to the game yeah it would it would save it would save after it would save what courses you have opened up basically yeah. So and it's like half of the manual is talking about how to set up your profile because that was that was another thing you could like draw your own icon. Oh, I started drawing it and then I was like, "Wait, I could have used a stamp the whole time, son of a gun." There's like there's like three or four pages dedicated to setting up a profile. That's funny. Ah, manuals back in the day. Now we don't get anything. Yeah. Goodness, I just realized it's it's a 57-page manual. Jesus. <laughs> oh god, that's too long. Yeah. That's too long. Anyway, so Chris, let, let's wrap this up. What was your final score for Kirby Dream Course? My final score is a seven and a half. I love the innovation, love the music, love the level design. Boy, is it hard. I really wanted to get farther than partway through the fourth course. Yeah. In the, you know, however many, like, month and a half we had to play it. But <laughs> I, I liked it. It's just, golly, like, flatten the difficulty curve at least a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, I can't imagine how how it would have been, and it could have been one of those things where it might have been way easier. There was just like those one or two holes that were just super easy if uh, you knew exactly how to do it. Fair enough. But I liked it. Yes, yeah, seven and a half. What about you? What's your final score? I think my final score has to be a six because I agree with you. The difficulty curve was pretty steep, and the other thing about it is, as we talk about the demos, we keep bringing up the demos and how everything's in the manual you have to give if it's going to be that hard at times if you're going to be that picky about how things go because they kind of need to be perfect sometimes yeah give me an actual testing area give me a an actual training method of where i can try things out that you're teaching me don't just show me a video that doesn't help me that yeah, doesn't but help but overall like it still was th- a fun think game. about the era it was just of those very, games i know it was just very simple <laughs> and it, uh-huh. it was simple but too hard at times and i don't enjoy games like that so it has to be a six for me just it, it was what it was 
Yeah. No, I don't I don't disagree. It's don't definitely disagree. a game you should go back to if you played it before. It's a game you can try if you have like the SNES classic and you've never gone about trying the Kirby Dream Course game. Go ahead and try it. It's fun. I just wouldn't go out of my way to play it. It's kind I of I think if I, I had to kill it. like 20 minutes, I might yeah. play it for a little bit, but yeah, it's not going to game I'm it's not a game that I need to beat. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, fair enough. So, on that note, Chris, what's our next episode going to be? I was about to launch into the theme song. I was wondering if that's what it was going to be. <laughs> I want to be the very best. Like, like no, no one, one ever, ever was. was. <laughs> Digimon! You're the worst. It's Pokemon! Pokemon! The OG Pokemon Red and Blue. For our 50th episode, we are going back to the original Pokemons on the Game Boy. It's why you haven't seen us streaming any of it, because we can't. <laughs> because it's on I know I I know I have it I got it for the DS yeah we both have so. it on the 3DS I also have my mm. original Game Boy version that I've played a little bit of as well um, but I do not want to restart that file because you can only have one save file and I will not <laughs> delete my original file so that's what we've been doing we've been we've been playing this game for months because yeah. it's such a long game and we want to get a good chunk off. in we want to get oh a yeah good- yeah, yeah good bits in so our next episode is going to be pokemon red and blue that's going to be also probably not this upcoming week but next week on the youtube channel and we'll have announcements on the social media as well you're gonna watch chris and i try to guess all 151 original pokemon it sounded way easier uh, at the time <laughs> we did not do well it sounded way quicker at the time as well <laughs> we forgot our poker rap we did forget our poker app, and, and you can be disappointed in us, and that's fine. Also, we learn, or not learn, reaffirm the fact that I can't spell. <laughs> Spoilers. So check that out coming out in the next couple of weeks. Again, follow us on our social media, on Twitch, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We're GWGW Show. We're GWGW YouTube. Show over on YouTube. All of the above. So check us out there. We'll, you'll see the announcements when these videos come out. You'll see the reels that come out of this. You know, we have we had some fun. It, it was a hot mess, but it was good fun. So look forward to that. But yeah, <laughs> next episode is going to be Pokemon Red and Blue. I'm so excited for it. Yes, it so should be excited. a ton of fun. So thank you guys for listening as always thank you for all the interactions we've had with you on on all the socials and in twitch it's great talking with you guys couldn't do this without you big thanks to the producers for doing things like that and yelling at me when i start to ramble you guys are great as well congratulations again katie and kyle thank you so happy for you guys thank you very much thank you everybody for hanging out with us for another year again we hit our three anniversary very freaking exciting so thanks for yeah and here's to another year we're gonna start off with this episode then pokemon so it should be a lot of fun all that being said say goodbye chris goodbye chris bye everyone hi that's a good one this episode I always write these wrong. I don't know why. (laughs) Every time.